This past summer, Shira and I tried a whole new move, something we hadn't really done before. We started riding e-bikes. Now, an e-bike is just like a regular bike, has a seat, has handlebars, has brakes, has shifting gears, has pedals, just like a regular bike, with just one small, teeny, tiny little difference. The E in e-bike is for electricity. So when the going gets tough, when you find yourself pedaling up hills, you can give your bike a jolt of electricity. And at least the bikes that we were riding come in three flavors, a little jolt of electricity, a moderate amount of electricity, or a whole lot, very aggressive, robust jolt of electricity that turns your e-bike into a motorcycle. So, so as we were riding our bikes up the hill, I felt vaguely two things. First, I felt like, wow, I am Lance Armstrong. <laughs> we're biking, and I'm going 20, 21, 22, 23 miles up a hill. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good. And then I felt, ah, there's something vaguely unkosher about this. I thought probably real cyclists, like the people who took an Aliyah, would not ride an e-bike. But I couldn't quite locate why until this week. And this week, I located why real cyclists don't ride e-bikes. I was listening to uh, a podcast where Andy Stanley, who for my money is the greatest religious thinker and writer and speaker in our country today, Andy Stanley was doing this podcast on leadership with a guy named John Maxwell. So John Maxwell has written a bunch of books on leadership. Get this, he has sold 30 million books, 30 million books on leadership. And he said something in this dialogue with Andy Stanley that was very simple and very clear I'd never thought of before, and it really stuck. He said that after he gets to really know people in these seminars he's been doing for decades, he very often asks them this question. What is the greatest life lesson you have ever learned? What's the greatest life lesson that you have ever learned? And he says every time, invariably, all the times he's ever asked this question, over all the years he's ever asked this question, the answer always comes from a place of adversity or setback or brokenness. It will say something like, I had invested all of my work and capital and years and heart into our business, and then when the business went bankrupt, I learned dot, dot, dot. My husband and I were married for many years, my wife and I were married for many years, and then when we finally called it quits, the divorce we had was insanely, intensely painful, but I learned dot, dot, dot. John Maxwell says that when you ask the question, what's the greatest life lesson you ever learned? The answer is never, my company IPO'd, I made a ton of money, and here are the seven bullet points that I learned. 
but always come from a place of pain. And from that, John Maxwell taught the following. I just love this. Everything worthwhile is uphill. Everything worthwhile is uphill. It's precisely the act of riding that bike uphill. It's the struggle. It's the blood, sweat, and tears. It's exactly because it's so hard that it's valuable, that we learn, that we grow. Everything worthwhile is uphill. Pirkei Avot uses ancient Aramaic to make the same exact point. Lafum tsa'ara agara. According to the struggle is the reward. Or we would say in English, the reward is commensurate to the struggle. And that's what real cyclists know. Real cyclists know that it is precisely going up that hill without a jolt of electricity that is going to make them a better and stronger cyclist. And that's why the e-bike, which skirts the struggle, also costs you the reward of the struggle. Now, that statement I love, everything worthwhile is uphill, footnote, it's not literally true. It's metaphorically true. It's evocatively true. It's suggestive. It's not literally true. Because we know there are things that are very worthwhile that are not uphill, like today, an ufruf is worthwhile, or ufrufs, plural, worthwhile, not uphill. Weddings, very worthwhile, not uphill. Births and baby namings and bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and 50-year and 60-year anniversaries, very worthwhile, not uphill. No life can be lived entirely uphill and no bike ride can be entirely uphill, but you get the point that our struggles are not to be avoided, they are to be learned from and savored. How can our struggles make us better and stronger? How can our struggles, the struggle up that hill, which we're not going to skirt, how can it teach us to come up with a new move? So, there's this woman named Priya Parker, and she grows up in a challenged home of uh, divorced parents, and she relates that every other Friday, she goes from the home of her mother and stepfather. She goes 1.4 miles to the home of her father and stepmother. The home of her mother and stepfather is Indian, is vegan, is atheist, is new agey, and is very passionately liberal democratic. 1.4 miles later, the home of her father and stepmother is white, Christian, evangelical, goes to church every weekend, and eats meat, strong carnivores. When she sneezes in the home of her mother, her mother says, bless you. When she sneezes in the home of her father, her father says, God bless you. 
That's just a lot of complexity to process when you're a kid at any age, particularly when all that complexity happens to be your parents. That's a lot of pedaling uphill. But here's what happens, because remember, when you're in struggle mode, savor the struggle. Don't give yourself a jolt of electricity to skirt the struggle. Savor the struggle and ask, what can I learn from this struggle? Here's what she does. All of her struggle eventuates in her life work, which is a book called The Art of Gathering. And it's a bestseller. And she's an incredibly highly sought-after speaker. And The Art of Gathering, Priya Parker says, very often we gather without thinking enough about why we gather without thinking enough about what we can get out of this gathering. And her book is a call to be intentional about how we gather and how we can be thoughtful about goals and making it happen. And in particular, one of her strong passions is to use what she calls the beautiful electricity of creative difference to put people who don't see eye to eye around the table and have an evening that's deeply beautiful. Have somebody like her vegan, atheist mother and something like her white Christian evangelical church-going father around the table and actually learn from one another and actually listen to one another and actually build something together. Now, of course, much easier to say than to do. But how to do it is the subject of her book, The Art of Gathering. And the point is that she mines meaning from her steep climb. And here's my question a week out from Rosh Hashanah. What's your Priya Parker? What's your art of gathering? What is it that the steep climb you are now on, that you cannot skirt, that there's no e-bike to get you out of, what is it that you will now know because of it, that you will now do because of it, that you will now bring to the world because of it? What's your Priya Parker? How will you know more and do more and be more helpful precisely because of that very steep climb? Now, we also know that not every steep climb has at the end of the hill a bestseller. Not every steep climb has at the end of the hill a win. Sometimes what happens after all the blood and sweat and tears of that steep climb is more steep climb without resolution. How do we think about those steep climbs? So, this week I was listening to a conversation, a live conversation, can you believe it, where Mark Baker, head of CJP, was in dialogue with Yehuda Kurtzer, the head of the Hartman Institute in North America. And they start talking about the Jewish world today coming out of the pandemic, and it's very interesting and full of sparkling insights. And then something happens that changes entirely the tenor of the conversation, and I felt myself, you know, you know that expression, your ears perked up? You know that expression, you sit on the edge of your seat? And something happened to make it go from a respectful, thoughtful evening to edge on your seat, ears perked up, me and everybody who was there. Mark Baker says to Yehuda Kurtzer, you know, Yehuda, we've been working with you for years. We know what you do, but we just don't know why you do it. 
Why do you do what you do? What is your personal story that got you to do what you do? And Yehuda Kurtzer said something I had never known. I've been working with him for 15 years. I never knew the story. He said the reason he does what he does. He said his father was in the Foreign Service. He was an American diplomat. And his life work, his life work was to try to make peace between Israelis and Palestinians. And he grew up always knowing that his dad's life work was make peace between Israelis and Palestinians. And that peace has not yet happened. But that never stopped his father from trying, and it never stopped his father from climbing. And it taught Yehuda Kurtz or something very profound that shaped his entire life. That often in life we're not judged by our outcomes. We're judged by the worthiness of our aspirations. We're not judged only by our results. We're judged by the beauty and the loftiness and the consequential quality of our dreams. We need to have dreams that are a stretch, dreams that make us aspire, dreams that are a lifelong project. And Yehuda said his dad's consequential dream was peace in the Middle East, and I decided my consequential dream would be to strengthen community in American Jewish circles and to build community between American Jewry and Israeli Jewry. That climb is just so endlessly steep. And that work is just so endlessly important. So here's my message to you a week out from Rosh Hashanah. Lafum tsa'ara agara. According to the struggle is the reward. Sometimes those hills we climb are going to yield your Priya Parker, your new move, your new idea. What is that? And sometimes the hills that we climb yield a different satisfaction, that we are reaching for something lofty, hard to attain, maybe impossible to attain, but just so commendable because we keep on keeping on. Noble lives require noble hills. What noble hill are you climbing now? Shabbat Shalom.